Well, g'day everyone and welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy and I'm really stoked to be bringing you this show for the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's the last Sunday in the church's calendar before we dive into what is Lent. It'll be Ash Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. And then we have this six-week period leading into Easter, this time of preparation. And so a lot of the focus today is uh, is going to be on that and in preparing ourselves for this really wonderful and really fervent season of the church here, a time of preparation, often accompanied with uh, with some fasting and self-denial. And and we've really got some great people given the, the God spots this week. You're going to love what, what you're going to hear. We're going to be hearing from uh, Father Chris Sarkis. He's going to be um, talking to us about having a humbled and contrite heart. Another input from this Triumph series, which is the, the Lenten program developed by the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong that's being used right around Australia, indeed right around the world. And so we've got Father Anthony Jukes, who's one of our overseas contributors. He's, uh, he's a big deal on YouTube. We know that for, for sure right around the world. He, he's going to talk to us about when you give alms and when you pray and fast, how we should act. He's going to break open what each of those three important things are during a time such as Lent. Really pleased to bring you an interview that uh, that Max was able to do with Father Mike Delaney and, and Deacon Josh Clayton at the recent Divine Renovation Australasia conference, which was held in uh, Penshurst in Sydney. Over 500 people in the end gathered to share and learn about how to move parishes from from maintenance mode only to to mission rediscovering that primacy of evangelization was the the focus of the conference really vibrant talks really challenging talks great worship together and a a real real commissioning in mission it was very very powerful we've also got on the show this week mother hilda scott wisdom from the abbey She's going to talk about conversations she had with someone who visited the retreat centre and how uh, a story from their life about when uh, this, this man, this priest, was corrected by his father as a younger man was done with great concern. The impact of the conversation, about the impact of how to, how to move through a process of reconciliation and repentance in a way that was maintaining dignity and, uh, and she wants to talk to us about how God is like that too. But to kick us off, to start the show this week, we're really pleased to have Father Mark DiBattista. He wants to talk to us about uh, the Gospel reading for this week, which is Matthew 5, 38 to 48. And it's all about loving your enemies and, and being perfect, just as your Heavenly Father is perfect. And, and as he so often does, Father Mark's going to give us a bit of an understanding of the language and the translations used in the Scripture and how, in this instance, the word used in, in some of the original language in the Scriptures was perfection that means complete, be complete in and, and because of the Father. You're going to love what he's got to say. It's, uh, it's really, really powerful. We'll be getting that, into that in a moment. Lots of music to get through too. We're going to hear from Chris Tomlin straight after Father Mark, we've got uh, Matt Maher in the mix today too. Some brilliant music, you'll, you'll love it. So thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. Great show lined up for you. Really hope it blesses you. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you're on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have learned how it was said... Eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I say this to you. Offer the wicked man no resistance. On the contrary, if anyone hits you on the right cheek, offer him the other as well. If a man takes you to law and would have your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone orders you to go one mile, go two miles with him. Give to anyone who asks 
And if anyone wants to borrow, do not turn away. You've learned how it was said you must love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say this to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In this way, you'll be sons of your Father in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on bad men as well as good, and his reign to fall on honest and dishonest men alike. For if you love those who love you, what right have you to claim any credit? Even the tax collectors do as much, do they not? And if you save your greetings for your brothers, are you doing anything exceptional? Even the pagans do as much, do they not? You must therefore be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Mark D. Battista. Clearly, our Lord wants us to be better than we are. And yet, when we think of the Old Testament and the demand of the law of Moses and how nobody could actually live up to it, we see that Jesus Christ comes along and takes it even further. So makes it more difficult, more demanding, more challenging. If we couldn't match it before what was asked of us, how is it that we're ever going to live up to what he is asking? Well, what does our Lord say really? What is he actually after? He's obviously asking us to be more generous, to be big-hearted, that we can't measure our greetings, our love for our neighbor according to how much our neighbor loves us, but rather trying to give the greatest love that we possibly can, knowing that we're always in the presence of God, that we're always His beloved children, and that just as He is generous in making His Son rise on bad men as well as good and rain fall honest and dishonest men alike, so too our love should be generously and lavishly poured out. And yet I can hear some of you though wondering, perhaps scratching your heads thinking, but that last phrase surely just doesn't make sense. Be perfect. You must therefore be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. How could anyone possibly resemble or even approximate the perfection of God. He's the guy who made the universe out of nothing and it cost him nothing to make it. He was the one who has absolute beauty, astonishing wisdom, infinite in every way. How could we be perfect like him? We must understand what the word perfect truly means. We can't be perfect like God in himself, but we can be perfect within ourselves according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. And when we look at the original Greek, we get an insight into this because the word that is translated as perfect in English may also be translated as complete. So now I want you to hear the word complete where you would normally hear the word perfect. Listen to this. You must therefore be complete just as your heavenly Father is complete. It puts a new twist on things, doesn't it? Now you understand that being complete according to our human nature, truly virtuous in every way, is something that's possible. It's not the impossibility of resembling God in His utter absolute perfection, which we could never possibly do. This is what Jesus Christ wants for us. So let's pray that we may indeed be complete so that in being complete, we may be filled with joy. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. 
small things like me and her on a porch swing for summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends, for the songs that make us dance on this old dirt floor, for my babies, for my girls. Times, for lighting the way in the dark times, for pulling me in, for giving again the times that I took it too far. I gotta thank you for keeping me humble, for picking me up when I stumble. And although I change, you stay the same. And I don't say thank you enough for my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends, for the songs that make us dance on this old dirt floor, for my babies, for my girl, for the way they change my world. I just wanna thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise up, eyes closed. One thing I know. I just wanna thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. To the journey, music, interviews, and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. We had a lovely elderly priest come and say mass for us a little while ago. He told us an instance from his own life. Like many children from the country, he'd been used to getting into the driver's seat of whatever truck or car was around. In fact, he said he started out at the age of eight. Anyway, one day, when he was about 10 years of age, his parents went out and he thought he would just get the family car out of the garage and give it a little test drive. He got it out of the garage, all right, but then he skidded on the cement and while he didn't seem to have done any damage to the outside of the car, he couldn't be sure and he had enough sense to put the car safely back in the garage. About half an hour later, his parents came home Nothing was said, and then about an hour before mealtime, his father came quietly into the room and said softly, um, there's a mark on the concrete that will need scrubbing off before you sit down to dinner. I've left you a bucket scrubbing brush and some sand soap. Not a word about how that black skid mark got there, 
though of course it was obvious. No word of reprimand. The message quietly, unobtrusively delivered was caught, heard and heeded. When the young lad went out to do the deed, he saw that his father had also put down a mat in the form of an old potato bag so that the little lad wouldn't have to deal on the coal cement as he scrubbed. Isn't God like that? You and I are sure we deserve censure for the worst sort of whatever it is that we've done. Yet God, knowing that, yes, we do need to do something about what we've done, is more concerned about what happens to us in the process. We've got an opportunity, I think, to be like God this week. And I guess, you know, you and I can take a leaf out of God's book. Make it easy for someone to apologise to you this week. Make it easy for them to give expression to whatever it is that's in them. How like God you will be this week. Well, thanks very much to Mother Hilda Scott there and a really clear message as we move into a season of repentance and self-examination and just allowing ourselves to be uh, gold that's, that's tested in the, in the furnace in this Lenten season. Great message from Mother Hilda to, to make it easy for someone to apologise to us this week and um, recognising that God does exactly the same for us too. After the break, you're going to hear from uh, Father Anthony Jukes. He's going to talk to us about what it means to, to give alms, to pray and to fast well in, in a season such as Lent. We're really lucky to have him contributing to our, our Diocesan Lenten series, the Triumph series. That's after the break. Some great music for you. Before then, though, we're going to hear from Matt Ma now, The Lord's Prayer, and, and then after the break, a bit of Wren Collective, My Lighthouse. I love that song. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. Don't go Father let your will be done On earth. 
right here in my heart. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. In my wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea. In the silence you won't let go. In the questions your truth will hold. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness. to shore, safe to shore, safe to shore, safe to shore. I won't feel what tomorrow brings, with each morning I'll rise and sing, my God's love will Here's Father Anthony Dukes. We are given three instruments to help us overcome sin and temptation during this season of Lent, so that we might journey ever closer to God. 
The first instrument is almsgiving. In helping those in need, in being merciful to others, we open ourselves up to receiving the mercy of God. But in giving to the poor, we also imitate God. God is the greatest almsgiver in that God gives to all. By giving to others, we imitate God. When we imitate someone, we become more like that person. When we imitate God, we become more like God. The second instrument is prayer. In prayer, we move ever closer to God. When two friends or a couple spend time together, speaking and listening to one another, inevitably they will move closer together in heart and mind. Likewise, in spending time with God in prayer, speaking and listening to God, we will inevitably move closer to God. The third instrument is fasting. Fasting is connected to almsgiving, in that the money we save through fasting, cutting back on certain foods and other luxuries, might be given to the poor. But fasting also helps us overcome temptation. Often during the season of Lent, people give up something, chocolate or snacks between meals, for example. The reason is not to go on a diet, it is not to lose weight. It is to imitate Christ, who fasted and abstained from food during his 40 days in the wilderness, so that he was able to overcome greater temptations. Fasting helps us to overcome temptation because it develops a sense of discipline within us. If we can resist small temptations, like chocolate or snacks between meals, then hopefully when far greater temptations come our way, we will also be able to say no to such temptations. And so we pray, Lord, during this season of Lent, may we move ever closer to you. Amen. I really hope you enjoyed that. That was uh, the message written for the Triumph series from uh, from Father Anthony Jukes. It's worth checking him out on uh, on YouTube, checking out his channel. He's, he's got some great things to say, some great podcasts, some great talks, some great stuff on prayer in particular. I really love what he had to tell us there about imitating Jesus in the desert as we um, overcome temptation, as we strengthen ourselves and steal ourselves by, by denying ourselves and, and giving generously, alms, giving, prayer and fasting, which is what the Lenten season is is all about. And we're diving into that this coming Wednesday with uh, with the start of Lent with, with Ash Wednesday. After the break, Father Mike Delaney and Deacon Josh Clayton, they were out at the uh, Divine Renovation Australasia Conference that was held in Penshurst last week. Really vibrant conference, a really encouraging conference, really challenging conference, recognising that the church in Australia and, and indeed right around the world needs to rediscover, re-embrace being led by the Holy Spirit, being overtly and deliberately evangelising in its outlook. It's been called for by church leaders in the Catholic Church for 50 years now and there were some great tools that were shared with all the participants in, in how to how to do that. So we're going to hear from Father Mike Delaney and Deacon Josh Clayton just um, a little bit about their experience, what uh, what it was like, the conference. And we'll actually be hearing from Father James Mallon, who's the author of Divine Renovation, the, the book series for the parish and then beyond the parish. And there's, there's great books on preaching and leadership that have come out about that. Not all parishes are embracing it, but plenty are. And the fruit is starting to be pretty telling, being faithful to the Great Commission, being faithful to making disciples. And the Holy Spirit's turning up with power in in that mix. A bit more music before the break. It's it's Cain and there was Jesus. 
And then after the break, great interview with Father Mike and Deacon Josh. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I really hope you're enjoying the journey. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand I start to fall And all those only roads that I've traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground And when the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I could see it now There was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching in the healing and the hurting Like a blessing buried in broken pieces Every minute, every moment Where I've been and where I'm going Even when I didn't know it I couldn't see it There was Jesus For this man Forgiveness and a price I couldn't pay I'm not perfect so I thank God every day Oh yeah, there was Jesus There was Jesus Whoa, in the waiting, in the searching In the healing and the hurting Like a blessing On the journey, we're catching up with a couple of our presenters who are actually at the Divine Renovation 2023 conference in Sydney, Deacon Josh Clayton and Father Mike Delaney. So let's find out a bit from them about what they've thought of the Divine Renovation conference this year. So guys, welcome back to the journey, this time as a duo act instead of being on your usual solo self. What have been your impressions of the conference? What have been some of the, the ideas that you might have picked up or things that have impressed you? 
Thanks, Max. It's, it's, it's really wonderful to be here at um, such a great event where so many people are gathered with so many hearts that are, are really tuned into each other and tuned into to how God's working in their lives. I had forgotten how powerful it is to come together in a, a space such as this conference and be around people that are really committed to allowing God into other people's lives, let alone their own. Their own. I've, I've been struck by how powerful the worship is because, you know, sometimes we think we go to a conference and we're just going to go and hear stuff in our head. Well, I feel like my heart's been moved as well as my hands have been moved to go out and do something as well. So it's it's not just learning stuff. It's it's just something that's just made me feel like I need to be the person God wants me to be. Uh, yes, I, I'd agree, Josh. The whole process seems to be filled with a uh, a real life that has, hasn't we been missing in the church for some time. It was interesting. Um, I think it was... Uh, um, Dan O'Rourke made the mention earlier today that there was um, a few years ago there was ten of us went to us to um, Nova Scotia for the 2016, mm-hmm. and there are 500 here today, um, and that just says that there is a real desire to learn more about how to lift up and raise people out of the sense of the maintenance, the the living their faith personally to living their faith with a sense of witness and a sense of uh, enthusiasm. Uh, And that would have to be everyone who's spoken has just been enthusiastic. Nobody is there saying, I'm doing this because it's what I've got to do. The sense of saying that this is about passion and uh, it's really wonderful to see passion in church. So you think this is more than a post-COVID thing, that the, the, the sense of this conference is something is happening in the, in the Christian communities. This is just not the fact that we've become free again after all the lockdowns. Uh, I think there's a different mood. There's a different mood in our parishes. There's also a different mood coming back from COVID because, and we heard a lot about, about that today and, and in different speakers, that, you know what, places have struggled to have their same congregation come back. People, for whatever reason, aren't sitting in the pews. And I, I think the people that are here are really attuned to that, but they don't want to just see it stay like that. And people are hoping and praying and doing what they can to try and make Jesus proclaimed in a more clear way. So it's it's very uplifting. It's, it's almost like a, a win-win situation. People are here to go to a conference, mm. and for some of them it's their first experience of divine renovation except from a book. So there is a sense of saying um, this is no longer just book or maybe the tentative approach of a priest in a parish or somebody in the leadership team trying to do something different. There's a sense of saying I am now absolutely engulfed in this tidal wave that has just picked up. Father James Mallon used as one of his examples the Poseidon adventure as to tell his uh, part of the story and about how we have to start walking a different way. So escaping from the ship, you had to go up rather than just sort of hang around where you knew you were safe. But that's the kind of overwhelming feeling that people have got is that yep, climbing to the roof isn't that much of a problem and walking on the ceiling is in fact and it's not even Lionel Richie it's really an enjoyable moment of being able to do something and to do something really powerful and something really great for the kingdom and it's just wonderful to be here okay let's take a break on the journey we'll be back with uh, Deacon Josh Clayton and Father Mike Delaney in just a moment
Let's continue our discussion now with the Divine Renovation 2023 conference with Deacon Josh Clayton and Father Mike Delaney. This time we want to focus in on takeaway ideas. So were there any things that stood out to you, ideas that you can take back to parish level, things that impressed you from other parishes around Australia or from the keynote speakers? I'd have to say, Max, that I've got a whole bookload of stuff that I'll be taking home. But also I've been fortunate then that I had four parishioners came to here with us to sit down and to talk about that. And even though they rubbish me a fair bit because that's who they are, they are wonderful people who really have a sense of evangelisation and mission. I enjoyed particularly Father Chris Ryan speaking about the best of leadership and his um, real desire to speak about just what it means to be a leader from within a group rather than uh, leading from a group. Now, my people, we've already had a discussion about that, but we need to go further just to find out exactly what that actually is going to mean for us and how we can implement that when we get back to the parish. Yeah, everyone's saying the same sort of thing, but I, I think for me, the leadership side has really stood out. I feel like I've been on the peripheries and part of so many of these conversations about parish renewal, divine renovation stuff, but 
this time, it really feels like it's been a, a bit of a wake-up call for me that I have to lean into others to help them to grow in their leadership, not just think, well, you know what, I'm going to buy that next book for myself to get me to that next level. Um, I need to make sure that there's others around me that, that are able to, to take that path of leadership because it isn't going to help anyone if there's just a few people that have just got this amazing experience but then can't share it with others. But it's it's something we need to have more people that are, that are willing to take on that leadership role and the leadership role of, of seeing that evangelization and encountering Jesus isn't just for the clerics or official Catholics, it's for all of us. It's our baptism, it's our call. There's been another theme linked into that that's been running through the conference and that is this idea of Christology ideal for function has changed dramatically. We're, we're in this era now where evangelization is tripping over into something new. Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, so Pope Francis calls it not an, a change of era, but an era of change. And um, and I think it's really uh, an awareness, as uh, Father James uh, spoke very passionately about the power of the Holy Spirit. And each of the speakers has highlighted the fact that without the Spirit, it's really just business as usual. And by allowing the Spirit uh, to really touch into people's lives and people's hearts, uh, we have the possibility of changing the world. As uh, Patrick Lencioni is frequently saying, we have the best message in the world, so why wouldn't we use the best methods to do it? And if you don't start with the Holy Spirit, then all the other methods aren't going to work anyway. So the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit is really, really essential, and I'm just looking forward to talking about the Spirit at home. And, and those that hear the little God spots I, I do for the journey know that I'm not going to be able to go into any deep theological explanations of, of anything. But all I would say is that for me, the church and each and every one of us is in constant need of renewal. We always need to renew ourselves and refresh ourselves. And I think this is what we're doing now. We're renewing ourselves by actually reflecting on what the main thing is. And the main thing is about God. It's not just about us holding together everything because we want to keep on to that nice building that's overlooking the water. It's about us making sure that the main thing is people knowing who God is. So Sounds a pretty good summary of the actual conference. So thanks very much for being on the journey, sharing your thoughts from the Divine Renovation 2023 conference in Sydney. Thanks, thanks. Max. Thanks, Max. You are the God of big dreams. You said that I do great
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Now, another Lenten reflection from Father Chris Sarkis. A humbled, contrite heart you will not spurn, O Lord. Isaiah is direct and severe on the Israelites. He criticises their practices of fasting and penance, saying the Lord will not listen to them. Hang on a minute. On Ash Wednesday, we were told that we must fast and do penance. What's going on here? The Israelites' practices of fasting and penance came from the Mosaic law that established a holy and worthy way of life for them to follow. Prompted by their reverence and awe for God, these and other religious rituals and rules were designed to draw them closer to him. They were also a visible witness to the surrounding peoples, which, properly and humbly practised, would draw them also to the one true God. So what happened? These practices, good in themselves, deteriorated to no more than tokenistic virtue signalling, completely emptied of their original purpose of leading them to God. They kept the rituals perfectly and then promptly went back to their old selfish and sinful ways. Ring any bells? Fasting and penance are good things, just like almsgiving, prayer, etc. God wants us to do these things and is pleased when we do. But they are not meant simply to make us feel better, superior or prideful. Remember the Pharisee and tax collector. They are meant to change us and lead us to interior conversion of heart as Lent reminds us. If these good things do not lead us to become holier, humbler people, and if they don't influence how we talk, behave, act, live and treat others, then we need to read today's first reading again. Lord, help me to truly practice fasting, penance and almsgiving, but let them lead me from ritual to reality, pride to humility, self-righteousness to holiness, so that your grace may truly triumph in my life until I am made over completely into your likeness. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. To every dark addiction starts to break.
Newsboys and, uh, and the song I Speak Jesus. Thank you to Father Chris Sarkis giving us this message about having a, a humbled and contrite heart. Always feel encouraged after catching up with Father Chris. He's, uh, he's a prayerful guy. He's a guy who is super serious about serving the Lord and about making Jesus known and loved. Thanks to Father Mike Delaney and Deacon Josh. Great interview that we had before the break there with, with Max Norton. And as I said, leading into that interview that you heard... We'll be bringing you some stuff from Divine Renovation Conference over the next few weeks, and we'll actually have an interview over a number of weeks that we were able to get with Father James Mullen. He actually had some really wonderful things to say about what he's learnt from some of the other Christian churches and just how gracious they've been been in giving great insights into what the Catholic Church needs to do to to wake the sleeping giant, you know, and um, just how encouraging that's been. I've got a bunch of mates who I pray with in uh, in the Northern Illawarra from different churches and... um, it's a real, real great thing of unity when uh, when people come together like that. That's all to look forward to in the next few weeks. Anyway, this week's show, I hope you've enjoyed it. It's uh, It's been one we've loved bringing to you. Thanks to all of our contributors, to Father Mark DeBattista, Mother Hilda Scott, of course. Great to have Father Anthony Jukes' message on the show. Mike Delaney, Father Mike, and Deacon Josh Clayton, and, and great to hear from uh, from Father Chris Sarkis as well. We will be doing it all again next week as we will have started the uh, the Lenten journey. Hope the show has blessed you. Hope it's encouraged you. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norton from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.